this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, as as they're receiving that tonight, I just want to just real briefly give us an opportunity to say thank you to Father God. Not only for the rain yesterday or the other day before, that was incredible. And I heard the airport had set an all-time record for rain in November on one day. It was that significant. But, man, we've had God move right here with ones right here in this auditorium. And, Bob, why don't you raise your, your hand that's fixed up? He, he got some new fingers the other day. And so God is moving. Praise the Lord. His surgery went well. Um, Teresa Rose is back here in the back. Wave real high, Teresa. She got a new job. And, man, it's, it's awesome. She had lost her other one, and now God provided for this one. And some of the reason I want to tell you today, he's saying, God's at work. He's at work. So just keep trusting in him. I don't know what you're going through right now, but he's faithful. Go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 12 is where we're going to begin tonight. And we're going to talk about just the promises of God, but how there are certain things in me and you's life can hinder us from ever walking in those promises. And you're going to find out in life that not only when you start to serve God, But throughout your life when you serve God, there will be people that will ridicule you, they'll mock you, they'll persecute you for standing on the things of God. I don't know if you've ever had anyone look at you and say, you go to church on Sundays and and Wednesdays? Why would you go to church on Wednesdays? And here's a good one, when you tithe and honor God, people will say, "You, you really do that? You're crazy. But what I found out in life is this, that when I make a stand for Father God and I do what he asked me to do, there's something begins to take place in my life and every promise that I can find in the Bible makes a difference. What do you mean it makes a difference? It gives me and you something we can stand on even when people are mocking you and ridiculing you and persecuting. Do you know Mark 13, the Lord Jesus said this, Mark 13, 12, He said, get ready that when you serve God, you're even going to have family members that are going to betray you. You're going to have it happen. Don't freak out. It's okay. Just keep serving God. And what you've got to get to the place in every one of our lives is saying, you know what? I place God above anything. Now, let's start right here in in Genesis 12. This is a passage about a a man named Abraham. Read me me starting in verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. Now, the Lord told him to do this. He said, listen, dude, you've got to get out of your homeland. You've got to get away from your family members and even from your father's house. And the reason for that was the region that he was living in, and even his own father was a man named Terah. They were heavily involved in, in idol worship. And so right here, God said, listen, dude, you've got to make a break from your family. I know there's one of you, ones of you in this room that had to do that. That's okay. Just trust God when he moves you out of the areas with your family, when they're living in sin. Don't give up on them, but don't act like them either. Keep reading, verse 2. Look, look at the end. I didn't finish the end of verse 1. And I want to highlight something. When we read these next verses, look how many times 
the word I is used here. And the word I here means Father God. And so at the end of verse 1, he says, I'm going to take you to the land that I'll show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I'm telling you, those promises in verse 2, those are incredible. Every one of those, what God said, I'll bless you, I'll multiply you, I'll make your name great, I'll bless you to be a blessing, were all promises from Father God. But the issue wasn't good, wasn't if God was going to be good about uh, uh, doing the promises and the blessings. The issue was verse 1. Abraham is never going to walk in verses 2 and verse 3 blessings without obeying verse 1. See, a lot of times in our life, we want to take shortcuts to the thing of God. No, you don't do that. I've got to obey exactly what God said to me. And for, for Abraham to do this, that's not going to be easy. That's not always going to be fun. But if I'll obey these things, God will do something for us. So in saying this right here, what does a promise from God do for you? Well, in Abraham's life, it changed his expectation. How many of you need a little change of expectation in your life right now? Number two, it changed the way he viewed himself. Instead of viewing himself through the, the eyes of the world, he started viewing himself through the things of God or from the eyes of God. And so when you look at this here, you just got to keep believing God and allowing God, you know, to mold me, to shape me, to obey his word, even if you're going to be persecuted and even if you're going to be uh, mocked by family members. So the question is, how do I change my expectations? How do I change the way I view myself? And every one of us have identif identification problems in our life because usually uh, uh, sin in our life, shame in our life, and hurts and pains in our life. And so with each one of us in here, if you've ever done something wrong in life, you don't want people to know that. So what do I do or how do I get to place where I can change the way I view myself? Well, let's go to Romans 4. And, and as we pick up here, this is the passage of exactly what Father God did with Abraham. This is how God changed his expectation and the way he viewed himself. And the way God did that for him, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for every one of us. So one thing I want you to highlight as we begin to read this passage, you're going to see several times tonight the word promise. What will a promise do for me? Well, let's just begin to find out when we get a promise from God. Verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law or through uh, just obeying the commandments, but it was through the righteousness of faith. And so God's promises to Abraham wasn't based on what Abraham would do or wouldn't do. It was based on the promise that God gave him. And he said, are you willing to do what I've asked you? And the way he would receive that wasn't by his ability and his power. It was by faith that he believed God and he trusted the promise that God had gave him. 
And that's the place where every one of us got to get. I got to trust that God will fulfill the promise. Verse 14. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void or empty, and the promise is no effect. And so if you can achieve things by the law or by the commandments, then why would we need faith? Then the promise would be pointless. But look what he goes on to say in verse 15. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is a faith. It is a faith. Now hang on to that. Everything in the New Testament that we receive, it's by faith. In Hebrews eleven six, the Lord said this, Without faith, it's impossible to please me. Now let me ask you, when you got born again, did you get born again because you were some superhero? Because you could, you could quote the Lord's Prayer? No, the way I got born again is I received Jesus into my life and how did I do that? By faith. So let me ask you another question. How many of you, when you got born again, did you shake Jesus' hand? And he hand you a business card and say, listen, I'm Jesus. It'd be good for you to get receive me. Not one of us in here. So what happened? We heard the scriptures on how to be saved. And we acted on those scriptures how? By faith. Do you know to this day, I've, I've never seen Jesus personally yet? I said, yet. I believe that day will happen one day. It'll either be face to face or who knows, he may bless me. You know, in my life right now, I don't need to see Jesus face to face to, to believe him. I believe in him, but I would like to have a cup of tea with him because I got some questions. Say, Jesus, you've got to really help me. There's some questions I need to be answered here. But by faith, and so you get this real quick, that I don't achieve anything by, by my abilities. It just comes, I start believing the promises. So we're still here in verse 13, or 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace. Grace is God's powerment. So that the promise may be sure to all the seed. Who was the promise sure to? All the seed. Do you know that would include us? Every one of us in this room who have gotten born again, we come under that. So the same way God blessed Abraham, he said, listen, it's for all of you. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So here's how God began to change Abraham's expectation and the way he viewed himself. Verse number 18, 17. As it is written, as it is written, so every time that I find in the Bible stuff that's written, you can guarantee you can stand on that. That's why it's important that you learn the Bible. And last week we talked about one of the strongest prayers that we can ever have is when we incorporate the Word of God in our prayers. Father God, you said that in Ephesians 3.20 that you would bless me exceedingly abundantly above what I could ask or think. So what I've just done there, I've prayed the Word of God. When I've prayed the Word of God, I've prayed the will of God. How do I know it's the will of God? Because the will of God is the Word of God, and the Word of God God's will. They just, it's like that. It's the same thing. As it is written, God said, I have made you a father of many nations. Now understand this. When God said this about Abram, 
he wasn't the father of many nations. Not even close. So did God lie? No. So how did this work if God said, I've made you the father of many nations? He said, in the presence of him whom he believed, God. So when God said, I've made you the father of many nations, you know what Abraham did? He said, I believe it because you said it. And that's where we've got to get to. And so look at what happens next. Who gives life to the dead. See, God is capable of changing dead things in your life and make them alive. What's dead in your life right now? Some of you may not have no hope. Some of you may not not, not have anything positive going on in your life. God can change those things. Remember, God specializes in taking the impossible and makes it possible. Now look at the next phrase here. And he calls, he says, he speaks those things which do, do not exist as though they did exist. God calls those things that don't exist as though they do exist. Now we're going to really jump back in there because it's very important that me and you learn how to do this. This will be one of the biggest game changers in your life right here. So we keep reading. Verse 18. Who contrary to hope, and the contrary of hope that he was talking about was according to human expectation. You know why? You know what human expectation says? It can't happen. It cannot happen. So it says, who in contrary to hope, in hope. So his hope that he was talking about here, that was an expectation that God would fulfill what he promised. So here's what happens in life with every one of us. We either believe this, human expectation, or we believe this, the promises of God. One or the other. And so Abraham chooses to believe the promise of God. And it says, in hope he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Very important, the things that you speak over your life. God said, Abraham, I call you the father of many nations. And when he spoke that over Abraham... Abraham began to believe it. Now, if we went back to Genesis 12, his name was Abram. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And you know what Abraham meant? Father of many nations. He changed Sarai's name, his wife, from Sarai to Sarah, which meaning the the mother of all this. And so why did God do this? So every time that people would look at Abraham and they would say, Hey, Abraham, you know what they were actually saying? Hey, father of many nations. And when they would yell at Sarah at Christmas, they'd say, hey, mother of many nations. And ones would think, mother of many nations? She ain't got any kids. But remember, what did God say? So you begin to see that God began to shape Sarah and Abraham. How? By his words, by a promise, but also God began to call those things that be not as though they were. Keep reading. We keep diving in here. So shall your descendants be. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith. Now when he said this right here, and not being weak in faith, he tells us in the next few sentences 
how it is for me and you to be weak in faith. Look how it is. And not being in weak faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. And so what he begins to tell us here is the promise wasn't dependent on anything in the natural. The promise wasn't dependent on how old he was or how young he was, what was the promise dependent on? What God said. And so too many times that the hindrance for me and you is we have a problem getting past anything that we don't see, that we don't hear, that we don't feel. But understand this, to operate in the faith and not be weak in the faith i got to hang on to the Word of God. i got to hang on to the promise. Now, from the time that God said all this to Abraham until he began to walk in it, it was 25 years. But he held on to it. He wasn't weak in the faith. In verse 20 it says, And he did not waver or stagger at the promise. The word waver there means, I don't argue within my mind. So you know what starts happening? We hear a promise from God. And our physical side or the natural side starts playing tug of war with the promise. But I'm 100 years old. 100 year old people don't have babies. And Sarah's 90. She's a dinosaur. She's ancient. She's two days older than dirt herself. And so your mind starts trying to play games on you, and your mind starts to match everything up with what's happened in the natural. But the Word of God said, listen, buddy, the promise said this. And you don't have to waver at the promise because when God promises, He doesn't lie. So verse 21, or into verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So he tells us how we can waver or our faith is weakened, but he tells us also how, our, how we can be strong in, in, in our faith. You know how? You just begin to praise God. I thank you, Father God. You're at work in, in my life. You're at work in my heart. You're at work in my situation. Verse 21. And being fully convinced that what he was promised, he was also able to perform it. The message said, he plunged into the promise. And so right here, i got to get to the place in my life where I'm fully convinced. Many people aren't fully convinced. But in this situation here, God brings everything in the natural. And how he turns all that, he begins to speak to it. And he begins to call those things that be not as though they are. So right here in this, one of the ways you start being fully convinced is you start speaking the things that God says. Now, a lot of people would say, for me to begin to speak the things that God says over my life, that's a lie. That's not true. If I was to say I'm a more than a conqueror right now through Christ, that would be a lie. No, that's not a lie. You know why? Because God can't lie. And when God says it, it's truth. So I begin to line up with what God says, and it's not a lie. Now, the issue is this. Most of us as human beings, We've been programmed negatively. How are you? I'm bad. I'm tired. I'm mad. And so one of the things every one of us have to do is we have to retrain ourselves. 
And we have to start learning a new language called Christianese or the Word of God. And I will tell you this, it's not always easy because so many times we want to revert back to what we feel, what we see, what we hear. But this is one of the keys that what Abraham was told to do. So Abraham began to call himself what God told him to do. You're the father of many nations. He called those things that did not exist as though it did exist. Now in saying that right there, we all do that a lot more often than we realize. The problem is a lot of times we don't, don't do it with the word of God. How do we do it a lot of times? Well, there may be some of you that will go home tonight, and when you get home, you're going to go on your back porch, and you're going to yell out to your dog, Come here, boy. Come here, Spot. Come here. Come here. You know what you're doing? You're calling on a dog that it's pretty evident you can't see. But before long, you know what happens? Oh, Spot comes up wagging his tail. Where's Spot be? I don't know where he'd be, but I know he's here now. And so that's what happens is, how about this? How many of you ever said early in the day, it's going to rain today? And there's not a cloud in the sky. You know what you've just done? You've called those things that be not as though they are. How about this? How many of you have ever had, had a woman who just got pregnant come up to you and say, I'm going to have a baby, and you look at him and think, I don't see any evidence of that. And so what she's just said, she's calling those things that be not as though they are. What was that based on? That woman got a seed on the inside of her, and nine months later, she's going to have a baby. It's the same way with the Word of God. We get the seed of the Word of God on the inside of us, and we let it incubate in there, and before long, that thing begins to ripe. And before long, I call those things that don't exist as though they are. And it bursts something. Now understand this, when we begin to do this, this guy named Abraham, an ordinary man, he took a promise from God and he believed it and he became extraordinary. God's still in the same business. He takes ordinary people. I don't find anywhere where Abraham got, got dressed in a phone booth. See, a lot of times we read the things in the Bible and we think, man, those guys... No, they were ordinary people that just took a promise from God and believed it and because of it they became extraordinary. Now, this is some keys that every one of us got to get here. First of all, that the promises from God are above common sense. You know what common sense would say? Dude, you're never going to have a child. You're 100 years old. The, the promises of God are, are above our experiences. You know what our experiences would say? People have babies in their 20s and 30s, and if they're a little bit crazy, in their 40s. I don't mean that ugly if you're in that age, but but you get the picture. You don't have babies when you're 90 and 100. That's their experiences. The Word of God is above the things in the natural. See, so many times in our life with the natural, we think that the things that are going on are, are subject to our situation, but real in reality, our situations are subject to the promise. My situation isn't subject just to the things that... Man, my situations are subject to what God promises. And so we keep reading here what he goes on to say. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed or accredited just to him. 
but also for us. It shall be imputed or credited to us who believe. So you know what this begins to show me right there? The same way that Abraham believed, I can believe. And that promise literally changed a man. Now what you have to do is you've got to go into the Bible and you find Scripture that pertains to you and you begin to speak those over you. You know, there. I'll go ahead and tattle on myself. When me and Shelly first got married, I, I wasn't an angel like I am now. Yeah, little thing. But she began to speak this over me. You know what she began to speak? She said, I thank you, Father God, that he's a man of God. I thank you, Father God, he's a good husband. And I thank you, Father God, that he, he, he's a good daddy. Now, when she started saying that, she was calling those things that didn't exist at all as though they were. And she stayed with it. And she started speaking the word of God, and she would stay with it and stay with it and stay with it. That's the same as me and you. you got to get a hold of those things. Don't just give up and think, well, God's not listening. God is listening. And the key is you can stand on what's written and you can stand on the promise. Go with me real quick to uh, 2 Corinthians 1. You're real close. Just a couple books over. We have, we have done this over and over in our life, guys. Over and over and over and over. When I, when I was dominated by alcohol, and it didn't just have me a little bit, it had me big time. There in Colossians 1, verses 13, it says, He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. Well, the darkness in my life was alcohol. I begin to say, I thank you, Father God, that alcohol has no dominion over me. Now, you know what I was doing? I was calling those things that didn't exist as though they were, but it was based on Colossians 1.13. It was based on a promise. And so when you begin to call those things that be not as though they are, those call those things that don't exist as though they do, you're just beginning to agree in your heart with the Word of God. So think about this in your life right now. What's going on that you've got to match up the Scriptures with and they begin to speak it, begin to say it? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number, or 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Look at verse 19 and then verse 20. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. In Jesus was yes. Now what does all that mean? Well, keep reading, it's going to answer verse 20. For all the what? All the promises of God that in him or through Jesus are yes, and amen. Now, you know what the word amen means? So be it. And so all the promises in Jesus are yes and so be it to the glory of God through us. So you know what he just told me and you? That when you can find the promises of God, it's yes and so be it. For every one of us. So you find that word and you can understand that yes is yes, Father God has done it. And he's given that through, through us through the Lord Jesus. And so just illustration after illustration the Lord can keep giving us is whatever the areas in your life that you've got some hang-ups or you're really needing to believe God or you need to change the way you see yourself. Start calling those things that be not as though they are. Begin to speak to them. 
and get the word and speak to him and speak to him and speak to him. Even the fears of your life. Begin to speak to him what the word of God said. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a couple illustrations. And the best person I can use is myself because I can think of all the things that happened to me. Growing up, even many of you have heard these, but you need to hear it again. I had all these issues with sleepwalking. I'm not, I'm not talking a little sleepwalk. I'm talking about bizarre stuff. I'm talking about demonic sleepwalking. So much that I could get, I could get out of rooms, doors, deadbolts. I could crawl down balconies in my sleep. I mean, one thing after another. And, and as I grew older, they got worse and worse. Well, you know, sometimes when things happen to you as a kid, people think, well, that's just cute. Well, it's not cute when you're in your 20s and you're walking around the neighborhood at 2 in the morning in your underwear asleep. Not cute at all. Actually, you know what it does? When you wake up out there, it'll freak you out. It would freak me out. I'd look and I'd think, how did I get out of here? Oh, my gosh. I, I pray that the neighbor next door is now peeking out the window saying, what is that nut doing again tonight? So I, I began to study the Word of God, and I thought, man, what is up with this, Father God? And he took me to several scriptures. What is written? The promise. And when I can find the promises, remember what did he say about all the promises? All the promises through Christ Jesus are yes and amen. So I, I went to scripture after scripture, Psalm 127, too. He said, I give my beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. Proverbs 3, 24, almost the same thing. Uh, Psalms 4 and 8. And so I had ammunition. What's ammunition? The Word of God. I had His will and I had His proof. And so then it's like having God's playbook. And when I get God's playbook, i got to learn to execute it. How do I execute the playbook? I start speaking to those things. I start saying about myself what God says. And man, before long starts happening. Stuff starts happening. So I'd crawl in bed and I'd say that. I'd say, oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. That you give me your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. So you know what I just did? I called those things that didn't exist as though they did. And so the very first night you slept like a baby, didn't you? No, not. Not. But I kept speaking the word. Because the word of God is true. And think about this, even with Abraham. It didn't happen overnight. And many times it's like we're talking to God on hotline. God, God, listen, listen, this is what I need, this is what I need. It's not working. <laughs> Man, we don't give God an opportunity at all. And so the key is this. You keep calling those things that don't exist. You speak the word and you get in faith and you become strong in the faith and you don't let your, your mind start wavering and staggering at the promise. You say, no, no, in the name of Jesus, this is what my father said. This is what he promised. And in him all his promises are yea and amen. So I keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. I sleep well. I sleep well. I still say those. I still say that. When I crawl in bed, I go, oh, thank you, Father God. My sleep will be sweet and peaceful tonight. And I want to tell you something. This just happened last week. We've been talking on Sunday mornings about some of the demonic stuff, how the devil operates. And I told many of you on Sunday morning, I said, listen, pray, because it's, it's if... We've messed with the beehive. That's a good thing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not backing off. I'm telling you, I'm going into another gear now. I'm, we're getting rid of the bee. The devil is what I'm talking about. So 
One night last week, this is the first time in ages, I'm telling you, he messed with my sleep. It was nuts. It was, I mean, I woke up, and I wake up, man, and before long, I start rebuking the devil. I bind, I loose, I rebuke, I pray. And I mean, I'm going at it, and I'm thinking, Lord, this doesn't happen in the name of Jesus. But I begin to remind the devil, this is what happens with me. I, I have sweet and peaceful sleep. And sometimes, remember, you've been deputized. What does that mean? I got the name of Jesus. You've got to use your badge. Begin to speak in the name of Jesus. And don't think just because you've arrived one time, whoo, it's smooth sailing the rest of the way. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. Speak it over your kids. Stand up for the nursery workers are going to call some things that be not as though they are. Won't be good. But I want you to catch my heart here, okay? And I love people. But I, I believe at times, man, we've we got to get what I call bulldog faith. Man, I mean bow down in there and say, this is what I can do. Some of you have been struggling with self-identity. Some of you have been struggling with, with uh, uh, who you really are. Listen, I am who Christ says I am. Even the song with we sing, I am who he says I am. You know, here's a great, great one to write on your chest of your heart. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. To begin to welcome him into your day. Areas of your life where you welcome it. Speak, speak. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. And we thank you, Lord, that your word just teaches us the very way you changed the heart of Abraham and Sarah. Lord, I pray that you embed that in us tonight. And Father God, what a promise, just a promise, can do to change our expectations in the way we see ourselves. I speak that in here, Father God. I speak in here right now. That ones don't see themselves because of how they were labeled by their parents or what happened to them in school. They're not labeled by their shames and their pains, but they're labeled by what you say. And right now I sense that in here. There's several of you that begin to say, but this was spoken over me when I was younger. This was said that I'll never be nothing. You'll never amount to nothing. You'll be a loser the rest of your life. Listen, God didn't say that. And so let's get out of the, the thing that the natural world that people say and let's get over to what God said. And I speak that over you right now, Lord. In this room we say that there are overcomers in here. There's more than conquerors in here. I thank you, Lord. I speak in your house tonight. There's, there's awesome men of God here. Awesome women. Great moms, great dads, great husbands, great wives. And I thank you, Lord, right now that you put new identity in hearts right here in this room. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.